The Dragon Rewrite is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillo's arms are too short to take their own dick pics? So if you get an armadillo dick pic, then that means it was probably taken by one of his armadillo bros. Yeah, and I wish you'd stop asking me to do that, Micah, because it's disgusting. Look, you get the lighting just right every time. I'm sorry. <laughs> For more armadillo-related facts, to find out how you can access episodes a day early, and to check out our super cool merch store, visit us at armadillo.club. Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to the Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lee. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're going to cover chapters 23 through 26 of Towers of Midnight, book 13 of the Wheel of Time. Previously, Nynaeve takes her White Tower test, but it's basically just a bunch of Aes Sedai torturing her to make sure she really wants it. Sort of like the wizard equivalent of getting jumped into a gang, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> Nynaeve passes, but you kind of get the feeling that Nynaeve is pretty over their bullshit. Uh, Perrin prepares for a pointless dick measuring contest with the White Cloaks, but only one side's dick has murder wizards, so uh, I think we know where that one's going. Also, Morgaze finally learns the truth about her time in Gabriel's Thrall. Gawain further cements his position as the very worst Traken and president of Team Stupid Dum Dum by <laughs> ruining yet another of Gawain's meticulously planned undertakings. While Matt takes Brigida out drinking so he can pump her for intel on interdimensional travel. Turns out Heroes of Legend are just great for shit like that. <laughs> but the carousing is interrupted by an alert on Brigida's water sense. Alright. <laughs> Chapter 23, Foxheads, Icon of the Black Aja. So Elaine is watching the play and fooling around with that medallion. Yeah, she's like, oh, this theater's shitty. I hate theater. <laughs> yeah. I wish it was just one person telling me what happened. <laughs> so she's, like, she's like the person that goes to the Wikipedia and reads the synopsis instead of watching the, the show. Yeah. Like, why would I watch the show? The synopsis tells me everything that happened. Yeah. Uh, apparently she's managed to cre create some kind of shitty knockoff versions of Matt's medallion. Yeah. Uh, she, it's... She thinks it has to do with the amount of silver that goes into it, but she's made a crappy version that works for light channeling, but also prevents the holder of it from channeling, too. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, that seems like a pretty useful, unintentional side effect, right? Yeah. Like, just make Aes Sedai nets or something, where you just throw it at them and then they can't channel oh, anymore. Yeah, that would be good for, you know, fighting the Black Ahasha. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? Or like, I don't know, you know, bullets that are <laughs> anti-magic, you know? I mean, there's, there's options here, right? That's true, yeah. But she doesn't think of that, she just thinks it's a failure because she can't make it exactly like whatever the foxes and elves or whatever, I forget what they're called. Uh, Iolfin and Iolfin. Yeah, whatever the foxes and snakes. Do you think the foxes and snakes made the thing? I always thought they made the thing, but this kind of implied that it was something that was made with the power. Well, so here's the thing. It's a, got the fox head on it, right? Mm -hmm. So, if it was made by an Aes Sedai, how did just Maybe one that just liked foxes? Yeah, or, or possibly, I don't know, maybe it was like a bargain thing where they were like, I'll make this thing for you in exchange for whatever the fuck. Oh, you know, yeah. It'd be a guess, I don't know. And it has to look like a fox. <laughs> it has to have a fox on it. Or maybe they're just, they're just like, hey, I put a fox on it because I know you like those things. <laughs> yeah. like, yes, I do. It's <laughs> <laughs> very thoughtful. <laughs> <laughs> So there's lots of nobles there. Elorian uh, is there, as that is important to Elaine. She's trying to win over Elorian. Yes. Yeah, Sylvace is there. 
Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I, I, I know that we've had descriptions of Sylvace before, but I found uh, Elaine's interpretation of her kind of interesting here. Because we remember that we've, we've heard people describe her, particularly that one uh, dart friend who said that she looked like a cow or something because she like had the, a blank, uh, blank face all the time. But mm-hmm. uh, Elaine's take is, here we go. Of medium build, the blue-eyed girl might have been pretty, save for her expressionless face. Not emotionless like an eye eye, completely expressionless. It sometimes seemed like Sylvie's was a dressing dummy set up for display. But on other occasions, she'd show a hidden depth, a cunning deep down. So I was like, is she like a, is this like a sociopath thing? Or she's just like, she has, I'm wondering, like, what is going on here? I, I, I still think that this is Sindane, who I think is Lanfear. Oh, okay. So you think she's a puppet, like literally a puppet? Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe she actually is a like a meat puppet that's being controlled from separately. Oh wait, remember? I we just know, remember this. We, remember that that thing that the the mind trap that the dude that Moradin put Mogedian in? Yeah. That she said if he breaks it, then you just become a puppet. Oh, oh. yeah. Remember maybe. that? Yeah. Interesting. Maybe that's what happened here. So maybe that's why most of the time she's just puppeting. But when Moradin's really like hot on the controls and is doing really good puppetry, then she looks, you know, sinister. <laughs> Maybe. I, I, I was wondering if, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, that could make sense. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so she has this very creepy conversation with Sylvace. Uh, she's having Sylvace's secretary, the torture guy, uh, deal with the Black Aja, but not really letting him torture him, so just, like, light torture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where's the line, right? I can't kind of wonder. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean... I don't know. This this is this is a weird situation. Like I, I'm obviously not like in favor of torture for a variety of reasons. Mm. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. These are black Aja, right? If you if you can torture anyone, well, I don't I don't think you can trust anything they say, even if you torture them. That's true. Because they they could all be under compulsion or something, or they could just be wrong. They could be you know have their minds messed with. That's a good point. I mean, we've seen several scenes that indicate that black Aja have almost no idea what's going on. They're just literally doing. The, the specific orders of yeah. some forsaken. And in, in the real world, it seems like torture just makes people tell you what they want, to, what they think you want to hear. Mm-hmm. So it's not very useful. That's true. Uh, but but it doesn't matter because Elaine has a plan. Yeah, she's come up with a plan for the Black Aja. Oh boy, <laughs> such a good one. And yeah. she thinks I'm glad my bodyguard's not here because she wouldn't get how cool this plan is. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going to disguise herself as a Dementor. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> And then, uh, and then go scare them into talking to her, I guess. Yeah. Takes Matt the medallion, both the medallions, actually. And this is a total D&D plan. Yeah. She's like, what if I just, like, wear some makeup like I'm a Forsaken and put on a Forsaken hat and go in and say, hey, I'm a Forsaken. Tell me what I told you to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things that, like, in real life, nobody thinks this is going to work. Like, this is, this is a bad idea, right? Yeah. That's, that's its only strength as a plan is that it's so stupid. Yeah. And she does manage to clock that chess mall, I think it. I think it is, is yeah. like the dumbest one. Yeah. Right. And so she does a good job picking that. That's smart. Yeah. And the yeah. plan, it works. It, it actually works for a solid, what, 60 seconds? Something like that. Oh, it is worth noting that on literally on her way out, she thinks to herself, oh, I'm going to be safe. Men's viewing promised that I would be safe. Which is not true. That's not what it said, Elaine. Yeah. Uh, you. I mean, you. but you can guess how this goes, right? Yeah. Like, uh, she gets like some tidbits of information, like the the black or the black Aja, the dark friends, the forces of darkness are out to get Matt. Sure, 
And there's going to be a big invasion of Andor soon. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And she's also using the one power as a weapon. So thank goodness she was unable to take her <laughs> know, right? her oaths yet. Yeah, just just couldn't quite work it into her schedule. Yeah, yeah. it's just not convenient. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she'll get around to it eventually, right? Yeah. But then they get in, interrupted as the other Blakashas walk in, along with that torturer guy. And they all have a fight, which Elaine actually kind of wins because, you know, she's a badass battle wizard and she's got those medallions on her. I mean, she kind of wins. It, it's, it's, it is. I mean, she gets her shoulder broken and she gets shanked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> she gets backstabbed by Melar, that guy. Yeah. And she nearly loses both medallions. Right, because Melar has them both at one time, but she manages to... Drop pro- a building on it. Drop a building on yeah. him. <laughs> and, and he gets away with one of the medallions. It's probably, I would say, like, my, my theory, my guess, is that she only recovers Matt's medallion because Matt's luck is, is at play, because he's in the area right now. Yeah, I was, I, when I was reading this chapter, I was, like, prepared to get extremely mad at Elaine if she loses Matt's fucking medallion. I know, right? And she gives him the, the crappy decoy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's like, this isn't exactly the right amount of silver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fox, the fox heads. Is that, is that expression a little bit different? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> it's fine. And then then they, uh, yeah, they, they, she gets stabbed and then she gets captured. Um, and then they heal her so that she doesn't bleed out because... Oh, uh, I guess the plot needs them to do that. Well, because Melar uh, has designs on Elaine's she, uh, butthole, I assume. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. So, yeah, and he also... She kills one of the Black Ajas with fire, which is very... Like, all this stuff, they're all like, we try to live by the three oaths, even though we haven't taken them. But, you know, when it comes down to it, she'll burn somebody. <laughs> yeah. That's right, yeah. But then Melar kills the other ones. Yeah. That, that she's captured. Presumably to keep them from doing what she was trying to get them to do. Talk, right? Right. And then he gets away with the medallion that protects him from channeling. Yes. Uh, so I, I guess I guess that's out, right? Yeah. <laughs> nice one, Elaine. Yeah. Hel- so hold on, smooth. Hold on, hold on to that one for what? Two hours? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I, you, we can hope that this brush with death will finally convince her that she's not an invincible juggernaut, but... I think we both know that next up, Elaine is going to be loading herself into a catapult and literally flinging <laughs> herself in the dark one, shouting, I'm a juggernaut, bitches! Or something like that. <laughs> My babies! <laughs> <laughs> yes, but then Birgitta and Matt finally arrive uh, after everything is done. Uh, it's convenient that Melar can just, like, leave the palace. Yeah. Along with the other Black Ajas. Don't, don't they have, like, an army and guards and stuff? I, I, I mean, they must be able to travel, right? Can they? I get, yeah, maybe. I mean, at this point, the Forsaken have taught a couple of Black Aja members, so maybe. I yeah. don't know. I have no idea. Or they they just have, like, plot uh, sneakiness, right? Just, yeah, plot it, stuff. Felt, it felt very, like, bad TV show. Like, the guy shows up. Ha-ha, I'm here. Oh, no, I have to run away. Like, he gets one scene that just sort of moves the plot forward. Yeah. Yeah. Except not that much, I guess, in this particular case. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that him having that medallion is going to be important. Oh, yeah, probably. Then um, we cut to Egwene, who is chewing out Gawain. Uh, yeah. But the, not our, enough. Our, who still does not get it. Our next annoying trick hand, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he, Gawain has the gall to be angry at Egwene for being mad at him. I was just like, what? Yeah, what, like, are you what? Just, just listen. Just listen to the words she's saying. Yeah. Oh, my God. She needs to cut this fuckboy loose. Like, this is ridiculous, <laughs> right? Yeah. He is a fuckboy, isn't he? He yeah, is. He totally is. Yeah. Um, 
Then he and so he's so mad at her. He's gonna show her by leaving. <laughs> oh, by the way, I figured out what this is. Do, do you do you all know what's going on here, or what the, what the assassin is? Uh, no. The blood knives. The Shanshan blood knives. Oh right, 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 yeah. I was like, is it a gray man or what? No, this is the blood knives. They're like able to move in shadows. They're like super strong, yeah, they super have fast. Special powers and stuff. Yeah, and the, the, he said that the knives that they they were throwing at him have these weird red gems on them. I did these, not know what that meant. Okay, yeah. Yeah, oh. I figured it out. Good job. Like, these are the blood knives. So these are the leftover Shanshan just messing shit yeah, up. Yeah, blood blasters or murder machines or whatever the fuck they're called. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't think they're actually called blood knives. Blood no, rings. No, they are. Blood no, they're blood knives. Yeah, they're blood it. rings or something. No, but they have rings. But, but okay. blood rings. Okay. <laughs> but they're blood knives. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, okay, that makes total sense. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. But which, I didn't recognize what that special knife was. Which means that they are not necessarily related to the Dark One uh, or, you know, right. forsaken. They're not working for Masada. Yeah. So he finally fucking leaves to go check on Elaine, which he should have done like forever ago. Right. Yeah, yeah. I guess he's going to go fuck up her day a little bit. Like maybe he's going to lose her the crown. I don't know. Like this is <laughs> yeah. what he does, right? Uh, yeah. Maybe he'll die on the way. <laughs> no, he's gonna take a gateway, so he'll be. God damn. It. Yeah, he'll, he'll be gonna, fine. Yeah, he's an hour outside of Andor now. I think. Is what uh, yeah. They're just gonna have a, a stupid summit. Yeah. All the stupid Trakans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna ship Galad- ship Galadin. Yeah. Uh, so then we cut to Lan, who uh, wakes up in the morning and discovers that there's a whole bunch more people in camp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's accidentally recruited like. A supply chain, essentially, right? Yeah, they brought a whole wagon train with them. Yeah. He's got a caravan with supplies and... And, and he's like, okay, okay, this many, all right? There's just just this many dozens and no more, all right? Everybody promise. <laughs> yeah. You can't tell anyone who we are. And they're like, all right, well, we'll see. Yeah, and one of them has, like, the golden crane banner of Malkier. <laughs> That's right. He's like, why do you have that? He's like, what? It's my banner. Banner of my country. What's wrong with that? <laughs> I love you. That, yeah. <laughs> This is, I, 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 this is funny. I also don't like how it's turning land into the butt of the joke, but still, this is funny. But he's going to get an army out of this, so that's good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Chapter 24. To make a stand. Icon of the wolf. So now Elaine is com- confined to bed rest. Yeah. By there, her, uh, there are consequences heart. for her actions. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, Brigitte chews her out, which she deserves. And uh, the other Black Ajas and Lady Shiane uh, have escaped, yeah. which is annoying, because these Black Ajas were a good lead. <laughs> the ones that aren't dead, I suppose. So what did, what did she get out of this? What, what's the upside? So she learned about this attack that's coming. But she doesn't know when. Yeah. She learned about Matt, which, I mean, Matt knew already that people were after him. So yeah, I'm not yeah, sure yeah. That he's, he's clear on that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. gone. Yeah, Melar's gone. Well, he was already, like, in the wind, wasn't he? I wasn't... I could not remember, honestly. I was trying to remember. Yeah, yeah totally I forgotten. thought he was still around. I, I yeah. She'd been keeping I, him around I as, like, a possible baby daddy. No, because no, she no. had the guy follow him to the Black Eyes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah so he, so she... Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but it's also worth noting that she dis, she is not sharing most of what she learned with Brigida. She isn't. She's not telling them about the medallion. She's not telling them about the attack. Yeah. She's like, oh, I might tell them eventually, but I want to. Talk, I want some time to think about it. It's like, what's, come on, dude. What's wrong with you? Like, you should share the information with the people who aren't idiots in this room, which includes everybody here, including the midwife, except you, who <laughs> are for some reason completely loyal to you. Yeah. For some reason. For some reason. Ah. Uh, but then uh, Matt asks her a question about the golem, and that's all we get. Yeah. Dun dun dun. Yeah. Don't know what that's about. 
So we get to Iteralde, who is in that besieged city with Yoli, who is that the leader of the Saldeans who helped him. Yeah, so so every, all so Yoli, Yolo Yoli, I don't know, uh, is flying a, a a special banner that they're calling the Traitor's Banner. Yeah, because he he overthrew the city government to let in the the Arad Domani. Yeah, and I, and I gotta say, like based on what they're saying, this guy feels like a dark friend, right? Like, you think so? Uh, not sorry, not Yoli, the the guy he overthrew. Oh yeah, yeah, he overthrew like the the lord that rules the town, and Iteraldi goes and meets with him, and he calls him a dark friend. He says, "You're with the shadow. Like, why wouldn't you let us in?" I was thinking the same. Like before that point, I was like, "This guy's definitely a dark friend, right?" So when Iteraldi said that, I was like, "Okay, yeah, damn." <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, if he said it, he's probably onto something. I was surprised because you know a big thing that happens a lot is people dicking around with their stupid human problems. <laughs> Instead of dealing with the last battle that's coming. Yeah, that's true. But this is... Itraldi makes a really good point. He's like, I've never met a Saldean who wasn't like down to fight some, some shadow spawn, right? That's true. So the fact that they've locked themselves in the city while there's this like, epic battle happening outside, very un-Saldean, right? Yeah, he's probably right. I'll, I'll, you know, I thought if, so, if you think somebody's a dark friend, don't you supposed to just kill him right away? You know, given he's a guest in the city, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But if, I mean, if you if Yoli thought so, I think he probably would, right? Yeah. Um, then they have a nice chat with uh, Yoli, who explains that since he, you know, he did betray his, his oath, so, you know, he's doing the right thing, he's going to help him with the Trollocs, and then he's going to get himself executed, because that's that's the out for Yoli. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, come on, man. Like, it's real, this is the final battle. Just, you know, can you... Throw yourself against some shadow spines. Like, nope, yeah. I want to be executed. It's my right. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody uh, borderlanders. Yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty dumb. So they settle in to defend this city. Time for a siege. Yeah. Which a is, siege that could be great if they have this portal thing going, right? Like, absolutely, yeah. Actually. Yeah, they could be well positioned. Yeah. They're in really good shape. And then we cut to Perrin, who is frustrated that the White Cloaks still want to fight the battle. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I mean... I get it, right? This this feels like a really pointless fight, uh, and I understand uh, that I understand the situation, but it's it's still pretty frustrating to me because Galad was really turning things around for a little yeah. bit there, you know. Yeah, this is this is what fight this is, uh, fight close. This is what white clothes <laughs> always do, right? Yeah. yeah, they always stand in the way of fighting the real problem. Yeah, they're they're like the definition of what we were just talking about. These people who make up their own problems to fight each other instead of dealing with the real problems. Yeah, the, I, I think the this is a little bit later, but one of the um, one of the wise ones said something that I thought was like really, you know, kind of a, a nice a nice thing for the white cloaks. It's like they wear these white cloaks to cover the darkness inside them or something like Ooh. that. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, go. got him. Well, well said. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Perrin goes a oh, wolfing. Yeah, dream training. It's like a game of chase that he's yeah. doing, right? Yeah, learns some stuff from Hopper. Hopper teaches him how to use smells to travel around instantly. And t- yeah, teleporting and and a lot of tracking. kind of just dream stuff that Egwene already knows. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting that the, the the stuff that Egwene learned from the wise ones, Perrin is learning from the wolves because they're you know the the rules of Teleran Riyadh they're not yeah necessarily specific things to a person, right? And then he they as he's traveling around, they go to Dragon Mount, uh, and there's lots and lots of wolves there. And he's only there for like a minute or something. But I just thought this was awesome. The image of of the, the lonely mountain there. It's just covered in wolves. All the wolves are hanging out there. Yeah, I wonder what this is. Do you think they're having like a summit? Or do you think the dragon mountain is always covered with wolf ghosts? I think it's just the time. Like the last battle is coming, so they're hanging out at... What do they call? 
what are they called? The dragon? Like something something awesome, right? Like oh, like Soul Blade or something. Man, I can't remember. Shadow Killer. Shadow Killer. Is that is what that he is? is? I think it's something like that. All right, Shadow, Shadow Killer. Yes, but the, not Slayer. No, that's a different guy. Yeah, yeah. That's that's different guy. Don't I'm saying Slayer's not Shadow Killer, but Slayer shows up. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they they're all hanging out there, and then, I just think that's cool. But uh, but then as Perrin is jumping around, he sees Slayer. Who looks a whole lot like Lan. Yeah. Yeah. And they go fighting. They have a big fight. Yeah, because he kills one of the wolves for, I guess, for fun. Starts skinning it. Yeah, because he's Slayer. Yeah. Asshole. He's kind of yeah. he's kind of dick. And but and then he teleports away. But Perrin is able to follow him now. But he can't beat him because Slayer has dream powers. Yeah, he's got a black belt in dream foo. It's like <laughs> right. kind of tough to tough it, to beat that guy. Almost kills Perrin, but then Perrin manages to teleport out. So I guess. This thing Perrin can do, where he follows people by scent through the dream, it's not something that Slayer can do. He, he seems surprised to see Perrin following him, yeah, for and, sure. Yeah, and he doesn't follow Perrin later. That is true, yeah. Yeah. By the way, this is a boss fight for a higher dream level, I suppose. Absolutely, yeah. Perrin is not ready for this. Yeah. He's got to go grind a little bit. So, yeah, he goes back to the waking world at that point. Yeah, and uh, he's, he's troubled by what he has seen, and so he goes to have himself a, a chop and think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So some sexy log chopping. Yes, I assume his, his shirt is off and he's steaming with sweat in the cold air. Yeah, right. Yeah. Muscles glistening in the <laughs> yeah. the, the moonlight. That big muscly blacksmith arm and wimpy little <laughs> arm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's just he chats with Elias, uh, and Elias doesn't fool with that dream stuff. He's like wolf dreams. No, 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 man. That stuff's weird. <laughs> yeah, you get yourself killed in there. Right, and the Baron is sort of resolved that he has to fight the White Cloaks now. Because it's a Lord thing. Lords kill people or something. <laughs> right, and we don't think about that. Yeah. Chapter 25, Return to Bandar Eban, Icon of the Sea Folk. Random men visit Bandar Eban. Damn, this place has gone south fast. Yeah, this it's, is it's really bad. Yeah. Uh, like, although, as soon as Rand shows up, the clouds part and the sun comes <laughs> out. <laughs> it's a nice touch. Yeah. Every time it show up, shows up in a spot. Randolph the White. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's miserable, it stinks, there's like poor, starving people like laying on the streets all over the place. Yeah. And he's like, hey, Min, would you stop calling me names so much? And she's like, go fuck yourself, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's you damn luby. That's my job. To clean your pipes and, and keep you in your place. <laughs> <laughs> damn. <laughs> but yeah, Rand shows up and uses his dragon magic aura to turn things around. Yeah, he, he, feels, he feels really bad about leaving Bandar Iban. So he tavarends some shit. Yeah. He walks up to a guy, he's like, you, you look like a captain of an army. The guy like shakes his head, I am the captain of an army. <laughs> right. It's like that. Go get some more soldiers. And he's like, you, you, and you, you're soldiers. And they're like, we are, we are soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and like Min, do, Min does these viewings for him to like identify people in the crowd who like used to have positions or whatever. Yeah, or yeah. will in the future. Or will in the future, including thought, a woman who's going to be nice to die. She also has a bunch of viewings about uh, Rand himself that were like very positive. You know, yeah. you're going to do a great job, you're going to fight this, you're going to have a light sword, you're going to fight somebody with a dark sword, and then later on you're going to like be hanging out in a field or whatever. Do you think she was lying I, to him to I, make I, him feel better? The yeah. vibe that I got was that that was a lie. Yeah, I was like... How much is this viewing and how much is this? It's just like, because you're going to be fine, Rand. Don't worry about it. Because usually her viewings are more are less like specific than that. Uh-huh. No, I can't believe that men would lie. I mean, you know. It's Maybe like, he needs it. Yeah. He, he, when he's know. in a good mood, think good things happen, right? No, so, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. But it's just that, I don't know, got that vibe. 
Yeah. Either way, by the time he's done, he has a small army and like a, a refugee services group. Right. Set up. He takes over yeah. a building like as a soup kitchen. Yeah. It's going to be the dragon, I guess. Yeah. This. I have a lot of responses to this. Like, first of all, this is a really cool scene. Like how he shows up and just like the force of his presence starts organizing people and creating this new thing that wasn't there before. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, this is something we've talked about before. Is that in the early earlier books, not the early books, the mid books. Rand was doing all these things that were like kind of a waste of his talents in a way, right? Where he's like, I'm going to go fight this guy or, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. this is what he should be doing everywhere, right? Right. Yeah. Well, the, my, my second response is, why couldn't these people do this themselves? What is special about Rand? Uh, he's... Right. This, this guy is like a, a leader of a, like a military leader that, that wants to bring order to this like fallen down lawless city. Why didn't he just fucking do it? Well, And he... the answer is because the, these people's problem is not that they lack leadership, it's that they lack food. Yeah, true. Yeah. Right? They're all starving. It's a famine. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. Yep. So he fixes it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like he eventually he actually deals with that. But there's all this bit where it's just like, well, they just needed a, a kind, you know, noble person to come in and, and tell them what's what. These, these poor little benighted peasants who can't handle their own business. They really need their lords to come in and tell them how to run their lives. <laughs> yeah. I, I found that kind of offensive. Yeah, that's fair. That was not very Robert Jordan-esque. Yeah. Uh, but Rand leads them all to the docks, um, and the dock master won't let anybody have the food because the food is poisonous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like everyone every time someone eats this, yeah. they die, yeah. including the rats. So Rand shows up and makes that guy look like an asshole. <laughs> he totally does. <laughs> he's like, he's like, we opened a hundred bags and they were all poisonous, and he's like, well, maybe you should open a hundred and one. Like so you're telling me the hundred bags they opened were the only bad bags. He's like, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I know he's fucking. Ultimate dick move. I know that captain needs to get the fuck out of there once Rand is gone. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, Rand goes and opens the bag and it's full of like good grain. He's like, I don't see what the problem is. It's like gaslighting. Yeah, he's totally gaslighting that guy. He's like, sure, they were all bad. Uh Uh If that guy doesn't get murdered by angry, hungry peasants, he's gonna like think he's insane. Right, but he actually appoints that guy steward of the city. Yeah, and puts him on the merchant council, which is you know. That's, uh, that's a no, very prestigious, powerful. Yeah, that's, that's like that's aristocracy. That's, yeah. that's the ruling council. Mm-hmm. Yep. So okay, I hope Rand, like, Rand should tell them how this works so they go open all the bags right now. Yeah. <laughs> so they're not poisonous. Yeah, because I, I mean, like, he, I believe he mentions that there's like a window, right? Like, it's a certain amount of time when his aura sticks around. Yeah. He's like, better go do this now. <sighs> yeah. And this, this is annoying to me because you know. The only thing he did was show up with his magic aura. That's the only value he actually added. But he, they, they, it's all structured as though these people just needed to be told what to do. Yeah, I, I think I think it's really like top. As Alice said, he's tolerating things. You know, he's yeah. like he's identifying people who suddenly become uh, leaders of right. some sort. Yeah. So it turns out that's what the dragon should have been doing all along. Is he should work out his anger issues, and then he needs to just walk around. <laughs> to where the people are, so things are okay. Yeah, you, you're a boss now. All right, I'm a boss now. <laughs> yeah. But all that said, the scene was cool. You know, the, I like it. Yeah. The scene just all turned around. Like with it, Rand's influence. Yeah, Randolph the Light is like, oh, <laughs> yes. way more fun. Way more fun to read. Absolutely. Chapter 26, Parley. Uh, icon of the White Cloak Sunburst. Perrin sets out to the battle site. Uh, per- Grady and Neild are having trouble with traveling, traveling somehow. Yeah. I thought they were just tired. No, because they said that their other weaves are working fine. It's just oh, right. it's specifically whenever they try to travel, their yeah. weaves come unraveled. 
It felt a little fourth wally. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was wondering. I was like, is this? Yeah, how do you mean? Well, like the authors are like, oh shit! Like we can't have traveling for this final badass battle that we're planning because mm. it would, you know, fuck with our plot somehow. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, oh, guess can't travel anymore. Oh, we'll stop. Yep. Working. Yep. Well, just kidding. <laughs> I think this is. I think this is Grendel. Grendel? Really? Is it she Grendel's like in a cave right now. Wait. She was last time we saw her, but she said, I'm going to get Perrin. That's yeah, my plan. She was sent after Perrin to like mm. wreck, up his, wreck up his life, right? So I think that she's orchestrating this fight in a way. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, I think she's try- she wants this fight to happen to weaken both sides. Okay, that, that's the- very plausible. So I'd say at this point, maybe 50-50, it's Grendel versus the White Cloaks just being that incredibly stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I, I don't know how she, what her... How she's making these weaves unravel, but I think she's intentionally trying to keep people from escaping uh, yeah. this fight. Maybe I think magic, I don't know. some forsaken magic. Yeah, that's my guess, but that's based on nothing other than you know that's where she, she's the one who's supposed to be around. You know, so I, I was kind of thinking it has to do with you know the like cities and moving around and being in different places. Mm. Like maybe if the world is no longer as fixed as it was, then traveling doesn't work because you can't. It just doesn't work on a play on a world that's, that's changing all the time. Oh, that could possible. be too. Yeah. Uh, the other, th- I was also like double checking. I was like, are they near that city where channeling doesn't work? But I don't think that they're near farmatting, right? No, I don't think so. Yeah. So they're heading there, uh, pairing with his whole army. Um, on on <laughs> on the way, he thinks about the difference between a hammer and an axe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, like he's never done that before, right? Yeah. Are you guys like? Did you pick up on the on the symbolism there? Wait, no, I don't no. understand. <laughs> Wait, so the hammer is his penis? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Sorry, I always get this confused. Uh, yeah, no, it's something something. Hammers and axes, axes can't create things, which is bullshit. Anyone can t- if you've never seen yeah. like ice sculptors working. That's what I was thinking. Like, yeah, he's like an axe. A hammer can be used to kill or to build things, but an axe can only be used to kill things. But like. You can chop down trees. But, like, last night I was chopping a bunch of wood with that axe, so, like, not that axe. Specifically, (laughs) that one axe that I had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Fuck carpenters, too, because, you know. (laughs) (laughs) They don't create anything. It's like, Perrin, you know, the metaphor is good, but you need to leave it behind, buddy. Move it on, move it on. I bet if he, like, brought it up with Fyle, she'd just be like, oh my god. Yeah. (laughs) Let it go. You know who we should talk about this with? Gaul. They have a whole sword versus spear thing. And that actually makes sense, because a sword can't be used for anything else. But an axe can. The Aiel use axes. <laughs> That's right. The Aiel, who won't hold weapons, hold axes to use them for tools, because that's what they are. Oh, God. I'm just Fuck saying, parent bro, there's, like, there's pre-existing work on this topic. <laughs> he just doesn't want to use the axe. Like, he's, trying to, he's really trying to justify his yeah, decision not to use the fine. axe. It's fine. Yeah. He's rationalizing. That's all it is. <laughs> So they get to the battlefield, and at the last minute, Perrin decides to try and be more of a hammer than an axe. Right. You know, you know some people be hammers, some people be axes. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so he puts up a big show of force in front of the White Cloaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he fires some wizard warning shots to show the White Cloaks just how fucked they would be yeah. if this goes down. Like, look at this patch of ground. This patch of ground is bigger than your whole army. Just watch it for a second and see what happens. <laughs> Uh, which freaks out the White Cloaks appropriately. Yeah. Yes. And then Perrin uses a wizard loudspeaker to say, <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, are you sure you want to do this? Yeah, I, I, 
He should have said, let me ask you a question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't want to hammer yeah. my point home here. <laughs> uh, I, I like to imagine when the, when the Ashaman are doing this magic loudspeaker thing, he's like talking into their ear and it's coming out of their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the human megaphone. <laughs> and then he, he asked them, yeah, for another meeting. Uh, so now that you know that I could kill you guys with like a wave of my hand, how about another talk? Uh, also, okay. I also want to mention here that you know they, they try again to do a, a travel weave just to get like a tent or whatever, and it doesn't work. And no. Perrin mentions he connects this to um, something he mentioned earlier in this chapter, which is the air smells stale. And I was wondering oh. what that might be. I don't know. As any ideas? Yeah, I I don't know. It's got to be connected. The only thing it reminds me of is when uh, Rand and like Huron were in the the other world, right? Mm. The the other world where the Trollocs had won the Trolloc War. Huron would say that the place smelled like evil everywhere, like low grade evil. Yeah, and they, he talks about Slayer too. So on the other side of that, so that must be it, like where the worlds are overlapping each other. Oh, mm. maybe. Yeah. That's what I thought. So, let's see. And uh, Fail is intrigued by this new parent who didn't just kill everybody in front of him. Mm-hmm. She's not. She's not turned off. She's just like, this is interesting. This is a side of you I haven't seen before. Yeah. <laughs> the side where I don't kill people. Yeah, like you know, the thing we expect from you is you talk about blacksmith stuff and you kill everybody that gets in your way. Yeah. And he's like, I won't talk to the white cloak. She's like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, right. That's not going to change shit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That that's what everybody says, and they they seem like they're mostly right. Yeah. So then we get to Glad, whose mind has actually been somewhat changed by seeing how outmatched they are. Yeah. Yeah. Finally having some second thoughts. Finally. Yeah. And because and he's not he's not afraid. He's just like, well, why didn't they just kill us? Maybe we should talk to them. This is weird. Mm-hmm. And his little like his two guys, his two little asshole white cloaks are like, no, kill them. I know. He needs to stop listening to these guys. Like, like th- this is the problem, right? It's like he has two shitty conscience. Yeah. He, he can't, no matter which conscience he listens to, they're telling him bad things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then he shows up at the meeting and he does like what I assume super hot people always do, which is they, also, they always immediately clock the other hottest person in the room. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Galad sees Fairlane. And, and he does and the cartoon wolf thing where his yeah. tongue rolls out. Ooga. Yeah, humana, humana. <laughs> it does. I wonder, because Glad, you know how the these books always have a, there's a difference between how people see themselves and how other people see them. I wonder if he, if he really was like staring and like panting and like holding on his collar. <laughs> and you like, yep, got one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, I mean, Berlin's looking for a boyfriend, so. Yeah, there yep. you go. And. They, need, they actually do formal introductions this time. He meets Aliandre and he meets Berylaine. And he respects these people. And I think Galad's brain is just broken. Because he like sees all these people and he's like, wow, well, these, these people can't all be dark friends. And they're all following Perrin. There must be something special about this guy. Oh, wait, he's got yellow eyes. He's a shadow spawn. We have to kill him. I know. Yeah, yeah it's ridiculous. He's okay. like, he's almost there. Galad also finally introduces himself, because at this point, nobody had known what his name was or who he was. Yeah, right. right. Uh, and they, they actually have kind of like a civil-ish exchange. Uh, yeah. He's like, oh, I, I don't know. how how How's your sister been? Oh, I don't know. I haven't heard from her. Her parents are like, oh, she's doing great. You know? The, <laughs> she's the probably married to Rand by now, and then people are like, oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe soft-pedal that a little bit. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Civil-ish. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. She's got... She... Don't let him know just yet that she's got a couple dragon buns in the lion oven. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But then Perrin tries just telling him the truth, which I guess was worth a shot. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's... Was it? It seems like it's kind of working up until he gets to the point with, like, the, oh, I talked to wolves thing. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, they, they're never going to come yeah. around to this thing. But that is the truth. That's why he killed those guys, because they killed his friend. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But then Perrin offers a trial to avoid a battle. You guys can put him on trial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Not that we'll, like... Except, you know, we'll punish the person who you decide is bad, but, you know, we'll have a trial. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, it's something, right? I guess. Like, White Cloaks, like, I think this is somewhat clever because White Cloaks can never be seen to bend the rules at all, but they can, like, manipulate the rules like an Aes Sedai to get the result they want, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but- if the White Cloaks don't want to be turned into a bunch of, like, burned uh, blood marks, then they could find a way out here. That's right, yeah. He's giving them, like, a way out to save face. Yeah. But Galad, of course, is like, well, I don't trust anybody who works for you to be the judge, and, uh, you know, I, I assume you're not going to trust any of my crazy wife club maniacs to be the judge. I know, I love this, like, false equivalency that he's got here. He's like, hey, we've got, you know, crazy McNutpants, or, like, angry <laughs> McBiteBite over here. <laughs> Which one do you think would be a good judge, eh? Yeah. Uh, so it looks like it's all going to fall apart, and at the last minute, uh, Morghese and Galad recognize each other. Finally. Yeah. Finally. I know. It took so long. Yeah. But it's pretty sweet. It yeah, is. it is. They just, you know, hug it out. She's like, how where, how did you get here? He's like, are you, are you a ghost? <laughs> yeah, because that, you know, the thing the, happens. This thing happens now. This, I think this could have been avoided if Galad had, like, introduced himself or something. Probably. But, or if anybody had told him who this famous guy is, you know, this famous prince who is now the leader of the White Cloak is, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's fine, I guess. Uh, Galad's first thought is, oh, maybe I shouldn't have killed Valda. Because uh, he didn't kill Morghese. That, may- that means I did evil. It's like, come on, dude. Yeah, uh, he still raped her. Come on. Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah. Oh, come on, man. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, but other than that, he does okay. You know, he tries to just, like, drag her back to his camp. Like, well, not literally, but... I mean, she, almost literally. Yeah, but then she's like, ease off. Ease off, dude. And then he invites her back to his camp mm-hmm. and says he won't hold her prisoner. Because even Galad, even Galad realizes that she has reason to not like the White Cloaks very much. Yeah. Uh-huh. And but, so they decide to make her the judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perrin comes up with this idea at the last, the 11th hour. He's like, wait a minute. Would yeah. you trust her to be the judge? Yeah, how about your mom? <laughs> I mean, it's a brilliant idea. Yeah. I mean, they have, this is a person that they have just enough common trust of, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. We'll see how this goes. But I feel like Morghese has a grudge against Perrin, right? Why? Because he raised the Menethrin banner on her soil. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you're a politician, you would think, well, this is a great way to get rid of this guy. I, 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 the idea is that Morghese is supposed to be like very just as a queen. But you're right. Like, if yeah, she's, I wonder. If she's, uh... I, gotta, I gotta hope she'll be just. And I have to hope that her experience with Gabriel shook her up enough that she is really introspective about... The decision she makes and why. Yeah. And she's not the queen anymore. It's worth noting that she is it's, abdicated and she has said that I am not the queen. I don't want to be the queen. It's true, but she's still, you know, is on the side of the royal house of Andor. That yeah. Is true. But she's also, still protective of Elaine. But also, I think she's been hanging out with Perrin and Fahil for a long time, so she knows that they're good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Oh, yeah. Galad also has a, an interesting uh, addition to this, uh, this, this agreement, which is that. Aleandre will bind the outcome of this trial as gilded law, which is, I guess, a way to add some sort of like legitimacy to whatever happens as the outcome. Yeah, I don't quite understand that, but I guess it's... Well, 
it's, legal, it's, like legal ruling something. Kinda. I think. I think what it is is it's forcing Aliandre to, as the queen of this thing, to set to to support the outcome. Meaning that the white cloaks don't just have to kill Perrin out, you know, outright. They can say Perrin is now a criminal. You know. Or something. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah that would it, make sense. It, it, it essentially, adds legitimacy to the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also think if I'm in Perrin's shoes, I think this. There's a chance that Prowl goes my way, hooray! Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, Ashaman. <laughs> That's a good point. She, he does have a, a really nice out on this, doesn't he? Yeah. So, anything else? No, we have a question. Woo! Yeah, from one of our favorite fans, Steve, who would like to know which characters you prefer in Sanderson's writing versus characters you don't think he does as well as Jordan. And then he says Rand, obviously notwithstanding, and I think he said that because. Uh, Jordan famously wrote Rand's parts for the final book. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, my first response would be Rand, because uh, this new Rand is such a breath of fresh air compared to the various old Rands. Yeah, I'm curious because do you think Robert Jordan actually like literally wrote out those entire? He wrote out those entire sections, right? So. I think so. I think I think what I remember reading is that Robert Jordan wrote all of the Rand chapters to the end. Okay. Like he wrote them in advance and then handed them over. Because it feels like Sanderson kind of lightens. The characters a little and I'd feel like he'd be more responsible for something like that but I don't really have that based on anything yeah I, I would say Fail. oh god yes is much chiller now mm-hmm. absolutely yeah um, and and I know that I know that a lot of people don't like the way that Matt was changed when Brandon Sanderson took over I um, and I and I understand why he's he's a little bit less Serious, but I appreciate his humor a little more, honestly. I, that, and that's, I would say that's mm-hmm. across several characters. Is that really Brandon Sanderson's humor lands a little bit more for me than Robert Jordan's sense of humor? I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess the 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 wise ones in general, which I include with Fael as like mean ladies that that are and it's weird that Robert Jordan always or often writes women in this way. Uh, they they much much more much toned down and more reasonable. Mm-hmm. Than I, think, I think that's a really good point, and I, I think I would I would extend that to any character that felt irrationally unreasonable under Jordan had a little bit of the edge taken off by Brandon Sanderson, mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense. Like like yeah. the, the characters that I hated, I hate slightly less under <laughs> uh, Brandon Sanderson, with the exception maybe of Gawain. <laughs> I appreciate Fael now. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, and she went and she fucking killed Masuma, so... She, yeah. hasn't, she hasn't punched yeah. Perrin in the gut. Put a period on that sentence. Yeah, yeah, right. As far as we know, she hasn't punched That's Perrin. That's true. Yeah. Have we had any him. casual domestic violence? Yeah, that hasn't happened. Has yeah. It? yeah. I guess no, not. No one bending anyone over their, sh- their knee to spank them or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, that, that was a thing that happened a lot in the previous books. I'm enjoying Egwene. I think she's a little more of a leader and a little less just headstrong for the sake of being headstrong, which goes back to what you were saying about him not softening the female characters, but making them less acerbic. I don't know what that yeah. word is. Yeah. 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 I agree. Egwene is, is less uh, aggravating. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if that's exclusively Brandon Sanderson, because I think that was some a change that was already happening under Jordan's writing. But I, I think that it's definitely... More so now. Yeah, and think about it. When is the last time we had a woman sniffing at a man or thinking out loud or in her head that men are dumb, all men are dumb and stubborn? Nynaeve does occasionally do, say things like that, but it's much less frequent and it's very clearly tongue-in-cheek the way it's written, so I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. 
But yeah. Other than that, I think it rarely happens. Although, yeah, this this is gonna I don't know maybe contradict what I was saying, but I I think I liked the old naive, how like incredibly unselfconscious mm-hmm. and like aggro she was. Yeah, and so making her more reasonable actually weakens that character in my opinion. Okay, I, 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 you don't think it's just character development? Uh, maybe because she has a really strong sense of purpose now. Yeah, maybe she found a place. Yeah, like, I mean, she literally is telling the Aes Sedai at the test, you know, like, I'm there for the last battle. So she's very focused. That's true, yeah. Uh, in terms of characters that we like less, like, I guess... We said say, Matt, yeah. Yeah, Matt, and um, I guess you would probably say Lan, right? The way that they... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. This, yeah. this Lan, like, the the comedy of errors Lan, I, I, don't, I don't like it. Mm-mm. Yeah. It's not that the chapters are not funny on their own. It's just sort of in comparison with the high fantasy drama of the char- how the character used to be. I don't like it. He's just completely colorless now. Like, he has zero personality. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or less, less uniqueness, maybe. But I, I, I don't mind it as much, but I, I, I definitely see what you mean. Yeah. I think there, would be, there could be a version of these chapters with land or sub-chapters. They're not even whole chapters. That is not played for laughs in this way. Yeah. That I would prefer. Yeah. yeah. But I have to admit that it's, it is pretty funny on its own. Well, the joke's been made, though, right? Yeah, mm. we get it. There's going to be more and more people coming, and each time he's going to be like, well, no more people, and then there's <laughs> going to be more people. I, I think that the way that it started, uh, I think I think I remember saying at the time that, like, the the scenes where Nynaeve is setting Lan up kind of, like, got me a little bit, you know, like, choked me up a little bit, and I think they could have written the whole Lan sub arc that way where it's more like sentimental and a little more touching instead of you know yeah. played for laughs mm-hmm. i think it would have been just as effective yeah yeah more more effective maybe mm-hmm. it's interesting to think about thanks for the question yeah, yeah good thanks, question. Steve. great question so that's it for this episode next time we're going to cover chapters 27 through 31 of towers of midnight i am jeff lake that's jeff underscore lake on twitter i'm alice sullivan that's blue bonnet cafe on instagram i'm michael sparkman i still don't have one of those if you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. And please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please find out how you can give us your dollars at armadillo.club, including our sweet merch store. <laughs> <laughs> please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Based on the feedback we've got from our show episodes, we will be covering the next season of Wheel of Time. <laughs> I know. I feel bad for Jeff because we, like, <sighs> when we told him... That we were going to keep doing it. The look on his face. Oh, it was, it was so sweet. I just drank his tears. So thank you listeners for allowing us to torment Jeff further. There's nowhere to go but up. And see, the best part is we have like a whole year till the next one comes out. So Jeff is just going to be dreading this shit for a year. Oh, I love it. So we'll talk to you then. Until next time. The, the light, light illumine you. you.